So, Curtis, there's a Texas-bound take-our-border-back convoy headed to Texas, and this is in an attempt to shed light on the migrant crisis and send a message to leaders. These truckers say they want to help support Governor Greg Abbott in his border dispute with the White House. Oh, yeah. Rubber ducky. Yeah. Oh, I love this. Convoy. Convoy. Hey, can I join up with the convoy? Do you have a truck? Uh, I can... uh, um I can actually appropriate a truck. Okay. I know how to hotwire some of the All trucks. All right, well, in that case. And no, people won't mind because it's going down to stop the illegal alien invasion. So please don't file charges against me. Although here in New York City, you won't get nothing will happen. But, I'll get a disappearance ticket. But it's fair to say that you are looking to join the freedom fighters of the uh, of the convoy that are heading down to the southern border. You are looking to, to join the resistance down there in texas i'm urging everybody to join the convoy governor abbott is standing up against the united states supreme court he's standing up against joe biden the executive and he's standing up against the schmuck the pucks chuck e cheese schumer who has come together a compromise that would allow five thousand illegal aliens to legally cross the border each and every day which would equal about 1.8 million, which is about the size of the city of Phoenix, the fastest growing city in America. I stand with Governor Abbott. Have you seen what the other Republican governors have done in solidarity, except for that poo putt in Massachusetts, that Republican governor? They're sending their own National Guard troops to join Chuck Norris side by side with the Texas Rangers and the Texas National Guard. Now, remember... United States Supreme Court, led by Chief Justice Roberts, 5-4 decision, said let Le Migre, Immigration and Naturalization Service, the federal law enforcement agency, cut the barbed wire. And what did Governor Abbott do? No, Governor Abbott said, no, we're not going to let them cut the wire. In fact, we're going to add even more wire, more razor wire. We are closing off Eagle Pass to the illegal alien immigration Make that invasion. I stand with Governor Abbott. I stand with the other Republican um, governors who are sending their own state national guard. This could turn into a civil war. Now, and I imagine that you have some history with razor wire or barbed wire. I could just picture you, like, you know, scrambling after some sort of suspect, you know, in your vigilante days, kind of like jumping off from rooftops and scrambling and, and yeah, tangling. In with Brownsville and East New see? York and the South Bronx, yes. But I thought you meant something else. The razor wire that was outside of every jail that I've been locked up across America. I mean volumes of razor wire. Go to Rikers. I'm going to be at Rikers tonight standing in solidarity with the correctional officers who seem to have been forgotten about in the last few days, you know, by Eric Adams. Everything is NYPD, NYPD. Take a ride along. I'm going to discuss that. What about the correctional officers? The fact that they want to take away the being Solitary confinement. You haven't heard a mention of that anywhere. So once again, he has forsaken the correctional officers on the rock. I will be in solidarity with them. In fact, I'll, I'll make a trip to C-74, C-76. I'll look at the locations that I used to be housed in a dormitory with 40 mutts and scales who would want to kill me overnight. They're in protective custody, Punk City, which is like solitary confinement. I'll look at the general population. I'll say, yo, what's up, bloods? Blood up, blood in, blood out, right? Since they run the jail. No, I stand with the correctional officers. And by the way, 
When these guys with high levels of testosterone with nothing to do all day decide to whip out their schlong and masturbate in front of the female correctional officers, almost all now who are black and Hispanic women of color, I'm going to say let's adopt the Saudi Arabian technique of separating them from their male genitalia. Shop, shop. That's pretty extreme. Does that tell you anything? Yeah, that that says a lot. I was actually wondering what the equivalent of a ride-along would be at Rikers. Would it be a sleepover there Uh, at Rikers? uh, Yes, in a cell, in the dormitory with 40 mutts and scouts from Trinitarios or MS-13 or Nietas or Latin Kings or Bloods or Crips. You think any of those elected officials could survive that? Oh, please get me out of here. Oh, my God, I'm their Maytag. No, I won't bend over again. No, no, give me the soap on the rope. I won't go in the shower without that. Come on, they don't know what it is. I'm more than happy to go down and join Governor Abbott and Chuck Norris. Whoa! Remember him? Remember him Texas against Rangers. Bruce Lee? No, Bruce Lee in the Roman Coliseum in the greatest martial arts battle of all time. Chuck Norris and Bruce Lee. I stand with Chuck Norris and the Texas Rangers. Whoa! Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and read. Check this out. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read. This is our song of defiance against Joe Biden, the schmuck, the putz, Chuck E. Cheese, Schumer, the United States Supreme Court that has ordered the feds to cut the razor wire in Texas so that the illegal aliens can pour in. And so you have three branches of government that are stacked up back to back, belly to belly against Governor Abbott. 
who has now decided to defy the United States Supreme Court. The schmuck to putz, Chuck E. Cheese, Schumer, and of course the United States Supreme Court, they voted 5-4 to order ICE to cut the razor wire. And what has Governor Abbott done? He's doubled up on the Texas uh, Rangers who are at the border, led by Chuck Norris. He's doubled up on the number of Texas National Guard. He's put double, triple the amount of razor wire at Eagle Pass, and he's being aided and abetted in this by other Republican governors from across the nation who are sending in their National Guard units in a standoff with the federal government. I stand with Abbott, who stands to defend the state of Texas from this invasion and ultimately all of the United States. He's got to set our other elected officials. They uh, want to be a sanctuary city. They want to be a sanctuary state. But the moment they have to live up to that definition, they go, no mas, no mas. Like our own Mayor Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens who not only rolled out the red carpet for them and called Abbott a racist and then later on a madman, but just recently, about two months ago, said this migrant situation will destroy the city of New York. And yet he continues to roll out the red carpet. But there is one borough above all boroughs that stands in defiance of Eric Adams, of Governor Hochul, of President Joe Biden, of the schmuck to putz Chuck E. Cheese Schumer, and yes, the United States Supreme Court, although no ruling has been made against them, if anything, their lawyers out in Staten Island are feared by the city, feared by the state, and now feared by the Episcopalian Church. If you remember, it was about three weeks ago that I broke the story here on WABC that the Reverend Hank Toole, head of St. John's Episcopal Church in Rosebank, on the north shore of Staten Island in the shadow of the Verrazano Bridge, right there on Bay Street, had told his parishioners at their Sunday gathering, of which uh, there's such a small number of Episcopalians, not just there, but anywhere. Uh, You know, they want to be Catholics. And he told them that he had made a decision that he would welcome in 50 Somalian illegal aliens and house them on the first floor of the Canterbury House, which is a senior citizen residence at 1331 Bay Street. The seniors who were there were like blown away. What? You're going to have young males, young adult males of military age who haven't had their backgrounds checked. We don't know who they are, who haven't had any medical checks, who haven't been vaccinated, and you're going to put them on the first floor. We're above them. All chaos could happen. Please, no, no, a thousand times no. This was the plea of the senior citizens. And the Reverend Hank Toll of the Episcopalian St. John's Church was actually going for a money grab. I'll explain that momentarily. But remember, the last time Eric Adams tried to stick illegal aliens into a senior citizen home, he cleared the whole home out in Midland, which is a floodplain, Midland Beach, right there, Father Capadonna Boulevard. Some of those uh, seniors having uh, served us in the Korean War and the Second World War. He gave them two months, told them, pack your bags, hit the road, Jack, don't come back. We need the space for illegals. And remember, we had a standoff, a Mexican standoff there. It was the Alamo. And remember, 
Staten Island defeated Eric Adams at St. John Villa Academy. Whereas Eric Adams went to court. And he thought that he would have the court side with him and Corporation Council of the City of New York that has endless funds. And finally, in the Staten Island State State Supreme Court, the case ended up on the desk of Judge Ozzie, who was a Democrat. And Judge Ozzie took his time and rendered a ruling that actually supported Eric Adams in his attempt to not have to abide by the mandatory shelter rule that everyone is uh, given shelter no matter who they are if they request it. Mandatory shelter rule. He could have used that decision of Judge Ozzie. They came after the arguments of the Corporation Council. They came at Staten Island in waves. But they could not defeat the dynamic duo that have taken the city on time and time again and the state. Mark J. Fonte and Lou Geralamino of the law firm of FNG right there on Victory Boulevard. Once again, they won. They won. And there was no St. John Villa housing migrants any longer. It is now going back to what it should have been. It's being rehabbed to be turned into a school. The community won. Staten Island won. But there is a secret to these victories. And I preach this wherever I go. I've spoken to groups around the country who are organizing against this illegal alien invasion into their communities. And especially to the black community that I have consulted in the south side of Chicago and the west side of Chicago, which now actually in one case... A husband and a wife have filed a lawsuit, they're Democrats, against the socialist mayor and the city administration to stop the invasion of illegal aliens that he is welcoming. But Staten Island has led, and everybody else must follow. And what Staten Island did again in this case of the Episcopalian Church, wanting to make money, and I'll explain that momentarily, the Reverend Hank Toole finally capitulated and said, no mas, no mas, because it was formidable opposition. First of all, Borough President Vito Fasella joined by the Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis and other elected Republicans, but most importantly, Democrat elected officials joined them and said no to the Episcopal Church. Then there was Scott Lebedo a true patriot, leader of the rebels with John Tobacco, but especially Scott Lebedo, who has been caring for his ill father, a great son, a great patriot. And he said, no, I must join my comrades. And they had a line of uh, demonstration outside of St. John's Episcopal Church, the rebels. And again, the priest, the Reverend Hank Toll, could see that. And so then he claimed, oh, we're being harassed, we're being threatened. No, 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 no. You liar. You should be defrocked. You can't show any evidence that anybody threatened to harm you or any of your parishioners or anyone supporting you in this effort. What you were threatened was with a lawsuit by the dynamic duo of Lou Gerolamino and Mark J. Fonte, who have slayed the city and state before over and over of the um, FNG law firm at Victory Boulevard. That is a formidable duo. You see, ladies and gentlemen, you have to have all three entities, all three. You must have lawyers who are willing to go to battle, who have won against the city and state and federal government. That's Mark J. Fonte and Lou Gerolamino. 
You must have a united front of elected officials, Democrats and Republicans, which Staten Island has always had. And you must have the rebel factor leading the citizens. So the reverend announced to his congregation that, no, we will not receive the 50 illegal alien Somalian men. Oh, because we were threatened. You were not threatened. You liar. You're not a man of the cloth. You're a man who lies instead of acknowledging you feared the lawsuit. And by the way, the untold story is that the city of New York, Eric Adams, is offering all houses of worship $125 per night for each illegal alien under the plan. Now, our own uh, Rabbi Joe Potasnik has a shul in Brooklyn Heights. They haven't taken any. Reverend A.R. Bernard, who has the megachurch, 5,000 seats right there where uh, East New York meets Canarsie at Flat, Flatlands Avenue and Pennsylvania Avenue. He hasn't taken any. Only two churches have taken any illegal aliens. They're both Pentecostal churches in the South Bronx. These, these men of the cloth, rabbis, uh, mullahs, imams, uh, priests, pastors, they're all fake, phony frauds. They've had press conference after press conference. Oh, we'll take in the illegal aliens. Only two, two Pentecostal churches in the South Bronx. Even though they could have made $125 per illegal alien per day. Now, what the Reverend uh, Hank Toole was uh, figuring out, hey, 50 Somalians at uh, $125 per night, that's $6,250 to the church for a week. That's, oh my, no, excuse me, that's a day. $6,250 for the day total. 43750 for the week. If they stayed a month, it's $187,000 for the month for the church. And if they stayed the whole year, which the lease from the city would require... They would have made $2,250,000. And this so-called priest of the Episcopalian Church was ready to take the money. And who would he be accountable to? Nobody. In the meantime, who would he have been jeopardizing the senior citizens at the Canterbury House in the floors above the site where 50 illegal aliens from Somalia would have been housed. By the way, Somalia has active cells of al-Qaeda and ISIS. So now he's trying to claim, oh, oh I, had to, I had to wave the white flag because, uh, you know, the threats. There were no threats. It was a threat of a lawsuit. And you folded. And the city told you to fold because they didn't want to face Lou Geralamino again, Mark J. Fonte, and lose a case. So I applaud Staten Island for leading in this effort. Uh, They have been successful in almost every one of their battles. Migrant center after migrant center has been closed there. And it's teamwork. And let this be a lesson to everyone else that I work with around the city, around New York State, and around the country, that you must have all three elements. Today, you can find me at Beach 116th Street and Beach Channel Drive starting at 3 o'clock. I will be leafleting out there with the guardian angels and then going door to door in the neighborhoods of Rockaway Beach, Bell Harbor, Neponset, and out in Breezy Point. And we're getting out the message that we're failing to have all three components in the battle against Floyd Bennett Field. 
There are now 3,000 illegal aliens housed in the tents at runway 19. They are moving more in by the day, mostly women and children. It is inhumane to house them in those tents. It's a flood zone. It was flooding with this uh, weather we've had in the last few days. But Eric Adams is insistent. But what we don't have out there is the fear of lawyers. Supposedly there's a lawsuit. I have no idea where it is now. Uh, There have been no updates to the community. And quite frankly, I'm going out to the Rockaways as I went out to Howard Beach last week, as I went out to uh, Flatbush and Avenue U, Marine Park Mill Basin and Bergen Beach uh, the week before. And we're starting to dig in because if we don't fight this now, by the time spring hits, that invasion into Floyd Bennett Field will number 4,000. And they will be going door to door and into everybody's backyards and they'll be trying the, the doors of cars and they'll be doing all the shenanigans that they've been doing in an organized way, the Venezuelans, including begging for money, you know, with women and children and blocking traffic in the street with signs that say, I'm hungry, feed me. What a ripoff this has become. And all roads lead to Eric Adams. I salute you, Staten Island. You defeated the mayor again, who had to signal to the Reverend Toole at St. John's Episcopal Church, fold like a cheap camera, retreat, Staten Island wins again, which is a win for America, a win for the city, and a win for the most patriotic of all five boroughs, Staten Island. Check this out. It's the Riff and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talking about this is the Riff and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Oh, Flavor Flav, that crackhead. With that clock around his neck, I'd like to strangle him, a public enemy. Did you see him wearing that Detroit Lion garb? Suddenly, I'm a Detroit Lion fan. What a pox on the Lions. They were ahead. They were blowing out the 49ers on their own home field. And then all of a sudden, Flavor Flav emerges. He's wearing Detroit Lion garb. It was over. It was over. This crackhead. What is he most famous for? The song 911 is a joke. And I guarantee you, the hip hop mayor, Eric Adams, would love to have Flavor Flav and be hugging him. And yeah, that's my homie, Public Enemy. Yo, Chuck D, what's up? Man, I'm the, I'm the hip hop mayor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the hell out of here. Such a fake, phony fraud, right? I'm pro cop, but I support all these rappers who diss and dismiss the police department every chance they get. Enough of this rap crap. Let's get down to uh, what has been a horrible way of lobbying on behalf of the police. And most importantly, on behalf of the correctional officers who all of a sudden have fallen off the radar screen and have been forsaken by Eric Adams. Let me deal with one issue after another issue. On Friday, the city council speaker, her name is Adams. No relationship to Eric Adams. 
But if you remember Eric Adams uh, in his State of the City address, Rich Radabali was looking at it and said, hey, you and me, Southeast Queens, right? Yeah, yeah, they're nodding their heads. Let me ask you this question because I'm going to do the deep dive. Both of them legitimately were raised in Southeast Queens. How come they didn't go to the nearby high schools? August Martin? Uh, Excuse me. Uh, Jackson High School where Bo Snurdly went and he was Urkel at that time. How come they didn't go there? Springfield Gardens? Hmm. They both went to Bayside High School all the way up in Northern Queens, which is mostly a white and Asian high school. How did they get out of their neighborhood high school pattern and end up going all the way to Bayside High School, both of them? And again, they're unrelated. Want to bet they had political connections and then the Board of Education, huh? Uh, you know me and Mrs. Slee were going to get down to that tomorrow. Nancy will be with me in the Rip and Read at, uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I ask yourself a question. Eric Adams, right, man of Southeast Queens, how come he didn't go to one of the high schools there? Speaker of the City Council, Adams, how come she didn't go to any of the high schools in her neighborhood? Bayside is not a specialty high school. Uh, I'm just throwing it out there because nobody in the press seems to know their geography of Queens. I would have stood up and said, how the hell did the both of you end up in Bayside High School? That wasn't your neighborhood high school. Did you lie? Did you have somebody claim that you lived in that neighborhood? Uh? Anyway, let's get back on track. So the mayor, who has failed to lobby the city council to help the police... He vetoed their bill, which would require cops basically to just keep taking notes like a stenographer during their whole shift instead of actively patrolling. So he did the right thing by vetoing the legislation. But I noticed that his uh, nemesis, uh, the speaker of the uh, city council, Adams, put it on the calendar for a vote on Friday for this Tuesday. That's tomorrow. If she hasn't taken it off the calendar by tomorrow... That means they have the votes to override Eric Adams' veto. And right now, it's almost like a slam dunk because instead of these constant photo ops, he needs to have sit-downs with councilmen and councilwomen who may be on the edge and make them a deal they can't refuse. But he won't do that. He's never in city hall. He's never in sit-downs. He's always styling and profiling and going to the next photo op, cut a ribbon, you know, open up a restaurant, get free food, free booze for his entourage. He's like a glorified borough president. He does not know how to administer the city. So it looks like he's going to lose this vote. But in order to uh, bamboozle uh, the elect, uh, all of the uh, people of the city, he said, oh, we're going to take them on ride-alongs. Now, when you go on a ride-along with your precinct, uh, Rich Radabali, you've done this before. They put you in the back seat, and you have two cops, and you talk with them as they go on their route. Uh, I've been on a lot of ride-alongs when they've cuffed me and thrown me in the back seat of the car, and uh, it was quite a bumpy ride (laughs) on the way to the precinct. Hey, you think you could loosen these cuffs? F you! Shut your mouth! So I've been on many ride-alongs. But that's the way a ride-along is. 28th Precinct, it was Saturday night, Uh, they were supposed to be with individual cops. They weren't. They put all the politicians, the yentas that they are, in one police van. 
They put all the police in a second police van, and then they put all the media in a third police van, and they just drove around the streets a little bit where there was no action, and there was no interaction with cops. This was a fake, phony, fraudulent, fagazi press opportunity. But what had preceded it was that the brand-new elected uh, city councilman from West Harlem is Yusef Salam one of the exonerated Central Park Five. And let me make it very clear, uh, he deserved to be exonerated with all of his friends because they did not rape the jogger. And if anybody out there wants to take me on on that, let me tell you, I gave an award to the jogger uh, upstate New York for the New York State Journalist Convention uh, and had a long conversation with her. She's a bit impaired. and She did not know who attacked her. And the person who attacked her already came forward, took responsibility, and his sperm was on her undergarments. A perfect DNA match. So I don't want to hear this. Oh, they did it. Uh, yeah, what, what were they doing in the park? Excuse me, nobody else charged them with anything. Nobody else said, I saw that guy. He hit me in the back of the head and he robbed me. Stop this nonsense. The cops have done this over the years, have jacked up black people. Look at what's happening in Brooklyn every day. Another arrest of Scaracella, that disgraced detective who jacked up black men who were doing time 20, 25, 30 years in state penitentiaries for crimes they didn't commit. So wipe that one off the slate. But now let's talk about Youssef Salam, city councilman and recently made head of the Public Safety Committee. Uh, the police uh, pulled him over. We've seen the video by now. Uh, he lowered the windows, which were illegally tinted. He had on Georgia plates. The police were very respectful. He said, I'm on city council business. And they said, okay, no problem. And they walked away. They should not have walked away. They should have, in fact, ticketed him for the tinted uh, glass And most importantly, for having Georgia plates. Now, at one time, he did live in Georgia. He hasn't lived in Georgia in years. And the reason that you would keep your your car, your personal car, registered in Georgia with Georgia plates is, Rich Radabali, you know this, the insurance differential. Between New York and Georgia, we see people with Vermont plates. We see people with Pennsylvania plates. Hey, we know why they do that. This way... They don't have to pay the same automobile insurance. So he should have been given tickets for the both of them. So let let me go to our crack uh, journalist here, James Flippin. And James, I haven't heard any media reports uh, to compare him for the former top police watchdog in the city council, who is now the borough president of the Bronx, Vanessa Gibson. She had to end up paying a $5,000 fine for getting a local police precinct's commander to get her out of a traffic ticket. Are you aware of this situation, uh, James Flippin? Yeah, I am, actually. I, I've, you reminded me of it. I had kind of forgotten about it ahead of this story. Uh, let me ask you a question. Uh, last time you looked, Vanessa Gibson, she was a sister, right? She She's an African-American woman, right? That, that is accurate, yes. And uh, she basically claimed that she was on uh, doing uh, you know, her job at that time as city councilman. Uh, she was on a cell phone. A police officer named Hernandez stopped her, a female, and they tried to run that female, Hernandez, right out of the department. How dare she? You know who I am? I'm Vanessa Gibson. I'm the city councilwoman. I'm in charge of overseeing the police. 
and she ran it up the flagpole. She made that woman's life difficult. And every cop who assisted Vanessa Gibson thereafter ended up getting a promotion and doing quite well for themselves. So can you track down all the nitty-gritty details? I remember that happening, I think it was back in 2016. Can you please uh, track that down? Regarding Gibson and the yes. fine that she paid. Yes. Yeah, and let's compare it to Yusef Islam, because Yusef Islam should have ended up at least with one ticket for the tinted windows. Uh, I would have given him a ticket for the out-of-state plates, Georgia. Hey, you, you, you don't live in Georgia. You live in Harlem. You, you said you're the city councilman. Why do you have Georgia plates? But the uh, police officers, because they are handcuffed, forget it. You say you're a city councilman, they're untouchables. You know, it's like, do as I say, not as I do. And let me lastly say on behalf of all the correctional officers who have the toughest job in the city, tougher than cops, tougher than firefighters, tougher than anyone else, because they get locked in with the mutts and skells on Rikers Island. There's about 7,000 mutts and skells. Some of the worst imaginable people who exist in our city. And the jails now are run by the Bloods mostly and the Crips and the Trinitarios, the Dominican gang, MS-13, Latin Kings, Nietas. They run the tiers. They run the cells. The correctional officers have been handcuffed. And now this city council that hates cops and wants to close all prisons uh, want to take away um, solitary confinement. And they will. And you haven't heard the mayor lobbying on behalf of the correctional officers. He hasn't. He has forsaken them. So the council will uphold their override of a veto. And now you will have uh, correctional officers who will be more in danger than ever before. Rich Radabali, I will be out on the rock, which I had been locked up on. I will stand uh, with my brothers and sisters uh, who are CEOs, who are screws, against the inmates uh, who run the system. Uh, and I will show in solidarity in advance of this vote, which I believe will take place tomorrow. If it's still on the schedule, then you know that they will override both of Eric Adams' vetoes, and he will cry, do your freaking job, Eric. Do your freaking job, or get the hell out of office and prepare yourself for doing federal time, because that's just around the corner, Eric Adams. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. Yo, VIP. Let's kick it. And listen, I sit back with my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly, flow like a hawk. Well, 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 it was just years ago when Andrew Evilized Cuomo would flex and talk about how ice are thugs. Could I hear the Cuomo cut? Ice are thugs, please, here. New York State is the state that says we will not cooperate with ICE. They're a bunch of thugs. He politicized ICE. They're a bunch of thugs. We said we will sue them if they violate any criminal laws in the state of New York. Yeah, you think it'll becoming mayor after you destroyed the state of New York, Andrew Evilized Cuomo? You better, you better apologize to ICE first because your homeboy, Tom Swasey, is in double trouble in the congressional race. 
the third congressional district, the only race in America, a litmus test for the upcoming presidential campaign. And, oh, man, Swazi has been tagged with what he said so proudly in his debate against Governor Hochul when he tried to beat her for the Democratic nomination to become the next governor. When I was county executive in Nassau County, I kicked ice out of Nassau County. When I was county executive in Nassau County, I kicked ice out of Nassau County. When I was county executive in Nassau County, I kicked ice out of Nassau County. When I was county executive in Nassau County, I kicked ice out of Nassau County. And that's not because he's bought A's and he was kicking out ice cubes, ice tea, ice tray, vanilla ice, all the ice degenerate rappers. No. And he is running from that like there's no tomorrow. He has an ad out on TV now in which he is like cheek to cheek with an ice agent at the border as if he supports ice. He has supported open borders. He has supported uh, President Joe Biden keeping those borders open. He has been an enemy of federal law enforcement who are trying to protect us from this illegal alien invasion. And now he has hit the panic button. Rico Radabali yesterday, in between one of the commercial breaks, uh, you know, where we saw Taylor Swift uh, playing against the Baltimore Ravens. The Mozzie ad run. I'm going to give a little, little hors d'oeuvre. That was devastating to Swazi, devastating to uh, Tom Swazi. Can I hear that wrong way, Lou Rafino? Here's Tom Swazi talking about his idol, Joe Biden. Well, let me make it perfectly clear that I support the president's agenda 100%. Swazi's not just Biden's biggest fan, he's Biden's accomplice. Well, let me make it perfectly clear that I support the president's agenda 100%. Biden's open borders have resulted in record numbers coming in. It also means an increased risk of a terrorist attack. Well, let me make it perfectly clear that I support the president's agenda 100%. And they looped that about three more times. I got to believe, Rico Radabali, that that was the masterful work of the consigliere to the Mazi for Congress campaign, uh, our own Congressman Peter King. Masterful. So one hour after that commercial ad, what, were there like 40 million people watching that all over the country? Swazi hits the panic button and releases a statement that says, even if... President Joe Biden were to endorse me against Mozzie. I would not accept his endorsement. This guy is a numb nuts. He really is a pretty boy. He's got, can you imagine how his phone melted down? Hakeem Jeffries, the Democratic leader of the House, future Speaker of the House, when the Democrats at some point are going to be the majority, must have been screaming at Swazi. I just gave you $6 million in a pack collected. Democrats in the House, and you basically said you're not supporting Joe Biden in that district, and that if the president were to suddenly reach out and endorse you, you would not accept his endorsement? Does that mean that Tom Swazi is going to endorse Donald Trump, or maybe Kennedy, or maybe Cornell West, or maybe no labels? Oh, my God, the Democrats have been melting down his phone and saying, what are you, a traitor, a Judas? No. He's hit the panic button. He sees what's happening out there. He sees that there's a wave of support with Mazi. And then he's battling the fact that he's got a Muslim fundraiser supporting Hamas and supporting people shouting death to Israel. Swazi, you might as well go no mas, no mas. You're on your way to losing.